Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tremble, the horror movie podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Stephen Taylor. How are you two doing? Uh, doing well. Ready to talk about this movie. Ready to break <laughs> yeah. into song and chase you down a hallway. Do a little yeah. bit of breakdancing. Yeah. A little bit Slumber of gyrating of the hips. Slumber Party Massacre 2, the musical. Yeah. You, you, you could say many things about Slumber Party Massacre 2, but you could li- say it literally does rock because there's a lot of <laughs> rock and roll music. That was a bad joke. Um, now with more phallicness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's nothing phallic whatsoever about a guy chasing a woman down a hall with his big drill out, you know. You know. <laughs> But yeah, Slumber Party Massacre 2, um, my favorite of the Slumber Party Massacre movies. Not like there's many to go off of. We only have three. But I would say this one's my favorite <laughs> because it's weird. It's wild. It's interesting. It's by no it's by no means boring. I think the first movie gets a little boring in spots. This mm-hmm. movie, not a chance. This no. movie is like from the get-go, like just wild and insane. Um, and this movie is interesting because Roger Corman met some foreign buyers who said, we love Slumber Party Massacre. Here's somebody to make Slumber Party Massacre 2. Didn't have a script, didn't have a director. And he said, okay, with the money that he got from those foreign buyers, the movie was already profitable before they even like touched a script before they did anything. The movie was already in profit. And so... Yeah, that's how we get Slumber Party Massacre 2, a movie where it's already in profit, so why not go as weird and wild as you possibly can because you don't have any risk involved. Like, the movie can make, like, $2 at the box office. You've already made your money back. Who cares? Um, But, yeah. Uh, Doesn't bring back the Driller Killer from the first movie. Instead... We get a new driller killer, although at no point do they say this driller killer looks different from the last one. If anything, they seem to like refer to him as the same person, and I'm like, I, uh, <laughs> I don't buy that, but yeah. Um, all right, let's see here. The official summary of Slumber Party Massacre 2. Courtney Bates, the younger sister of Valerie, and her friends go to their condo for a weekend getaway Courtney can't get rid of the haunting feeling that the that a supernatural rockabilly driller killer is coming to murder them all. The last sentence alone is just so fantastic. Rockabilly driller killer. We I think we need more rockabilly driller killers in horror movies. Just like a few more. Just for <laughs> like a whole subgenre. <laughs> yeah. In- they're gonna remake the first one that they have to do a remake of this one right like if they're gonna remake the first one in a way that's very similar and like uses the same killer i'm kind of curious 
but what a remake of the second one would be like with the, the this rockabilly guy. I have to explain that the, the, the rockabilly killer is like the son of the of the first one because that only makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm I mean, surprised. It's such a huge departure. Like just huge. <laughs> it's a departure. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Uh, first time uh, we watched this. What was the first time you two watched Slumber Party Massacre 2? Friday night. Uh, yeah, directly <laughs> after the first one. Yeah, same here. <laughs> Helps that these movies are like an hour and 15 minutes each. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. An hour. yeah, exactly. They just and like, move. They really do. There's no, there's no time to fuck around. <laughs> no. I mean, unless you're the driller killer, then there's a lot of time to fuck. Oh around. yeah, he's fucking around like crazy on this. <laughs> Singing songs, you know, just running through the house with a guitar. He's having a good time. Oh yeah, you know, out of all the slasher villains, he seems to be having the most fun. I would dare say he's probably having more fun than Freddy Krueger has having. Like. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Kurt, was, I think it was you that posted in your Instagram story that he looked like Andy Samberg, and I just yes. could not get that out of my head while I was watching this I'm movie. I'm telling everyone, I'm putting this out in the universe, if they remake the second movie or bring back Rockabilly Driller Killer, it has to be Andy Samberg, 100%. I will accept nothing <laughs> less. Literally, like, literally, just some of the still shots of his face, it could be Andy Samberg, and it's just so funny. Yeah. Just adds a little bit extra. (laughs) If you asked Andy Samberg, I guarantee he would probably say yes. He'd be down to it. Like, why not? He would. He would kill this role. If I mean, if they made it into like a a parody movie, kind of like the first one was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and they cast Andy Samberg as the driller killer with the guitar, all in like leather with the hair. That would be so funny. (laughs) Movie of the year. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. Uh, we have some emails about this movie because you know what I think the 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 the, the masses love Slumber Party Massacre too, and I, it's not hard to see why because the first movie is so pedestrian in a lot of ways, and then this movie is it's kind of a nightmare on Elm Street, and then it's got this weird rockabilly color. It's got a lot going on, but you can't say it's boring. Um, Rob says Atanas Illich, who plays the driller killer, is the heir to Little Caesars and two Detroit sporting teams. I've lived in Michigan my whole life, and it's always seemed weird that to see this dude who I know for mostly owning a bit of Detroit running around with a drill guitar. Yeah, so I mean, it kind of fits his character, just to be some random dude who is the heir to Little Caesars. Sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> I want to show up to a Little Caesars dress as this dr- version of the Driller Killer. And just see, like, if they'll give me a free pizza or something. (laughs) Oh, that's a deep dive. Here is a free pep and bacon. Well, (laughs) in our contract here, it says if somebody shows up dressed as this specific version of the Drilly Killer, we have to give you a free pepperoni pizza. Here we go. If Um, if I was the Driller Killer. (laughs) Oh, geez. Free free movie promo. Or promo for Little Caesars, depending on what it is. I actually... (laughs) tried to get Atanas Illich on the podcast and I actually talked to him on the phone for like a little bit and he was like, no, I don't want to do it. But I mean, yeah, the guy's like, it's insane. He, um, he was, yeah, this heir to this huge dynasty in Detroit, uh, left to go make a name for himself. He put out a record which, if you can find an image of the record, the back of that album, 
is him holding a kitten and it's both hilarious and amazing at the same time um he starred in three movies total this is arguably the best movie he was in (laughs) um and uh after that he went back to uh run his family business and he's been doing that since so didn't really do much in the way of acting you maybe it was just a dream of his to do and I think that's kind of why it's. I find it so interesting that he's so like cool and charismatic and funny in this, and then he just went back to owning sports teams and running Little Caesars. So weird little world we live in, I guess. Absolutely. But um, yeah, he. Uh, you know, when I talked to him on the phone, he seemed pretty like he didn't seem like that down on the movie. He, you know, he said he had a you know fun time working on it and all that. So. I think it's just one of those cases where, you know, a lot of people go into the movie industry trying to make a name for themselves, and a lot of people don't. Luckily for him, mm-hmm. at least, he had this backup plan of going to, and working on the family business. So there's that, at least. Um, Henry says, I've always avoided the Slumber Party Massacre movies as they seem painfully generic. But holy fuck, this movie is weird and wild. And the second film is not generic at all. I love how the Driller Killer has personality. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah so. I mean, you're not... Technically, you're not wrong about the first movie. It is pretty generic. But, yeah, this movie is it's definitely not. <laughs> Although, the one thing I do not like about the Driller Killer in this is they have a few scenes where they have him pop up, like, in a dream sequence. And there's a few mm-hmm. times where they just recycle the same shot of like a headshot of him laughing. Yep. And they use that a few times and it's like, okay, that, this is getting annoying. But yeah. Yeah. There is a lot of reuse in this one. And that's Corbin. I mean, mean, yeah. And I, I mean the fact that the, the fact that they really wanted to capitalize on nightmare on Elm street is so apparent in this movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cause this came out. 87 so this would have been after mm-hmm. the first nightmare on elm street it's been three years right because elm street was 84 yeah I say? yeah i think oh. you're right so <laughs> yeah. and like do we ever get like yeah I, I was just gonna go off on a tangent because like i still can't i can't believe that this is the direction that they went with this movie like <laughs> courtney just has these random dreams about this guy with a guitar all in leather like some punk ass dude who's like coming after her sister in the mental institution and yeah. like she just believes that he's killed her there and now he's coming after her but like she doesn't know why she doesn't know who this guy is she doesn't know why he's coming after them he's just some random dream killer that happens to have the same drill mm-hmm. as the guy from the first time that this happened to her basically like it, I don't I, I, I don't understand how they got this idea <laughs> So much of this feels like it was just made on the fly. Yeah. Totally. Like, oh, it would be cool because they're in a band, so let's make him a, like a rock guy. Like, I I don't understand. Well, I mean, yeah. Roger will be the first to admit they started production on this movie without any script or anything, really. They were making <laughs> it up as they like, went along. You don't so, say. You're not <laughs> wrong. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I... I yeah. There's some parts of this that I find uh, really entertaining. There's like the one boyfriend, the boyfriend of um, Juliet Cobbins' character, 
who's just the most obnoxious prick. And when he dies, mm-hmm. I find that so satisfying every single time. <laughs> was he the one who had kind of like the a- the accent? I can't even. I don't even know what kind of accent it was. Yeah. He's like he said, "God" a lot too. Like God. Yeah. Like in a in a really uh, <laughs> enunciated way. Yeah. It also, was so, his accent was funny. There's a really weird moment where like the girls are playing like music and they're watching but they're laying down and watching them play and then he randomly gets up and starts rocking around and i'm like this what what the fuck is going on this makes no sense (laughs) musical they gotta they gotta dance at some point but it was just weird that they were like who is answer me this listeners who have you ever gone to a concert or watched somebody play and just lay down on the ground and just watch somebody play no because nobody does that that's just no that's just <laughs> fucking just, weird um john asked do you recommend slumber party massacre 3 at all no i do not uh slumber party <laughs> massacre 3 somehow uh is worse than all the other movies i think what makes it the worst is that they try to make it a whodunit, and then when they do reveal who it is, it's a character who you thought was, like, a friend of the girls the entire time, and you find out that he got raped by his uncle, and that's why he's the driller killer. And it's just, it's dumb. It doesn't make any sense. And like, It looks way more like a porno if you look at the cover. Yes. Mm, that's what I was going to say. If you like boobs, maybe watch the third one because they're all just in underwear. <laughs> I mean, they're all in underwear on the front cover. There's more blood. There's more gore. There is more nudity. So, I mean, there is that. But yeah, the whole. Wow, who's the driller killer in this one? They Like, I, I get it. Atonis Illich probably was running Little Caesars again at that time or whatever. But, like, they could have recast it. Like, you could have just brought back the Rockabilly. Driller killer, why not? Could have yeah. people in bands. Yeah. Uh, also, they don't it's actually technically play. go for a celebrity party. They they just play volleyball. And that also is kind of one of those things where you're like, hmm. It's called a movie called Slumber Party Massacre, and they go play volleyball. I don't think it's quite the same thing. <laughs> I've never heard of a volleyball themed slumber party before. No. No, it, it doesn't make any sense. Um. Best line, unsurprisingly, mine is from the driller killer himself, where he says, I can't get no satisfaction. Yeah, I, that's my favorite. 100% <laughs> that's my favorite. Because it's ra- that's after she falls, right? Yes. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Like, I'm like, what? But you, the, the end goal is that she's dead. And she's, she's dead. Like, I think it was supposed to be like a, a riff on, because like, obviously... The Rolling Stones have that song, Satisfaction. <laughs> I think it was a riff on that. And I'm like, I guess that kind of makes sense because he's a rockabilly driller killer. So <laughs> I didn't really have too many other lines. I thought, yeah, that, that the dopey dude, uh, who the dancer dude, I, he, I, some of his I wrote down, but I don't. I wrote them down because he said them in a way that made me laugh. Like when they're walking out of the house and he's got that wound on his leg and he's just going, he got me, he got me. Like as they're walking out of the house, I thought that was kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then the cops, the two cops who I think their names are Kruger and Voorhees. I think those are the cop names. Yes. Um, when they're leaving, one of the cops goes, come on, Kruger, Denny's is holding our booth. And then they leave and I thought that was funny too. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, the... At the very, very end of the movie, after the credits, there's a 
a thing that they put in right at the end, something about copyright, yes. any unauthorized exhibition or whatever um, will be subject to civil and criminal prosecution as well as a midnight call from the driller killer. killer. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I posted it on my Instagram story. Cause that's just like, it's one of those weird things that I don't know. I'm like, yeah, go for it. <laughs> All right. Um, best performance. Uh, it would definitely have to be a Tannis Illich. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Short I mean, everyone real, but... else was all right. All right. Co- Courtney was all right as a character. She's, yeah. She was obviously uh, a little all over the place. And at some point, like, at some point I was kind of just like, are you really believing all of these hallucinations? Like, you just had a hallucination that your friend had a zit that grew into her face and exploded. Oh. And you actually think she's dead right now? Like, you, you've been hallucinating shit this whole time, girl. Just maybe take a, <laughs> a breather and just check. And then, of course, it comes back later to bite her in the ass because her dreams do become real. So it was just kind of... It was a little all over the place. (laughs) That zit scene is, like, disgusting on so many levels. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I thought... I thought... uh, I think Crystal Bernard is the actress who plays Courtney. I thought she was all right, but I think the the driller killer has to take it. We don't have a... He's not Denim Dan in this one. He's, like... No. I don't know, Leather Larry or something. I don't know, discount Larry's just not suit him, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah, discount Andy Samberg. Cool. Um, yeah, I'd say Thomas Hillage. I mean, he he really did kind of... Like, he had a very short career with just three movies, but, I mean, this was... This is the one thing that, like, I, you know, you can look at his IMDb. I can't even remember the titles of the other things he was in, but they're, they don't <laughs> look that great. But, like, he had such a great role in this, and he was having fun with it. You know, he's dancing around. He's wisecracking. He was, he, he, I think when actors are having a fun time, the audience picks up on that and is also having a fun time as well. So, yeah, I'd say, I'd say him. Um, although I do like Juliet Cummins, who you probably would recognize from a lot of other horror movies. She was Robin in Friday the 13th, A New mm-hmm. Beginning, and she was also in Psycho 3 as well. So, I think of the girls, she was the one that I was like, I liked the most. Um, we don't do a worst performance, but I'm going to make an exception for this episode and say the the lead actress. She's just <laughs> so wooden and stiff. And uh, later it came out that, like, she's like a Southern Baptist and, like, she's just opposed to, like, most things in this movie. And it kind of shows because she's just so, like, she has a wall up with everything and it just makes it so hard to, like, by under her character so yeah because with some of the musical scenes that they put in at the end like the way that the 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 killer is framed it's almost like they turn him into the protagonist a little bit towards the end of the movie because you're almost like watching things from his perspective for a bit and then the music comes on and you're just like all right we can rock out for a bit let's sure let's do this let's kill some girls (laughs) and you were just like on his journey yeah like for the musical parts. And then as soon as the music died down, dies down, we're back into slasher movie with the girls. But it's this movie does a little bit of whiplash on you. A little bit, yeah. Um, it kind of goes into, like, my favorite kill, which is uh, Sheila, played by Julia Cummins. Because he chases her down the hall, and then he kills her with the drill. But then he, like 
blows it out like it's a smoking gun and it's so stupid but also every time i'm like i just burst out in a laughter every time i see it because i'm like this is great it's so stupid but it's it's, it's fun so mm-hmm yeah, I think that was also my favorite kill just because that was the, the first big musical scene, too. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is ridiculous, and I might love this. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Steve? Do you have a favorite kill? Um, Even though it's like, yeah, like it, it's not a real one, the, the Zit explosion is so great. Mm-hmm. Like it's really, really good. Um, I also like the in the bed drill through the chest because it's just it's really effective, especially in 1987 to to do an you know an in camera effect shot like that that looks really seamless. Mm-hmm. Like I was I was really impressed by how that one looked and um, but yeah, it's really hard to get past the exploding head zit thing. It's just so, <laughs> yeah. it's so gross looking and it it like sticks with you too. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, the the effects that they did for that like with the mask that they put on her mm-hmm. and everything was mm-hmm. surprisingly detailed and really like gross and cool looking. Yeah. 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 I, I I thought it was it, it felt super effective and it was like it, it caught me off guard to be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's almost like that the um the face peeling scene in in Poltergeist. Yeah. Mm. Where you're just not expecting it. Well, the actress, oh man. Like the actress that was in that scene, like she's also in a bunch of horror movies as well. She was in uh, Friday Thirteenth Part Seven. Uh, she was also in Society as well. So, oh nice, cool. I I wonder what this movie could have been if they had done more of those kind of uh, effects of like mm. the maybe the like the main character Courtney just having more hallucinations where things are like like that would have been cool. I thought those were really cool practical effects, and now I kind of wish that there was a little more of that in the movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, not as much as it, I, I, I would have loved to see more effects like that personally. So, I don't know. I, I think, <laughs> admittedly, I think Roger Corman made this movie what it is, but he also hampered it somewhat too. So, I, I would love to see what they actually do with a proper sequel to this movie. So, or the remake. Like, hell, if the remake does well and they do like a remake of the second movie. I'd be down for that. How maybe bring yeah. back uh, Thomas Illich. Maybe he's got a son who wants to break into acting. <laughs> cool. Um, dumbest decision. I put curing your trauma after a murderous slumber party by going to another slumber party. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 uh, that's <laughs> real bright move there, Courtney. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, she's not a very smart character. I think there's uh, when they try to call the police again. This is my dumbest decision, I think, because they try to call the police and the police are like, whatever, troublemakers, and don't listen to them. And then she throws the phone out the window. Like, is there no one else you could call in this scenario to come and help you? Like, you're just giving up because the police won't like call someone else, girl. That was my dumbest decision. Like, yeah. they just kind of made like dumb little things like that that I was like, ah. Oh, no. Also, there was I had a theory. Here's here's my big conspiracy theory about this movie. Uh this movie uh is more like uh, a fight club situation where mm. Courtney was actually the killer the whole time, but she was oh. hallucinating thinking that it was some weird driller killer guy and in reality, she's the one 
who's killing all her friends, and that's why she winds up in the mental institution in the end. That's my conspiracy theory for this movie. Because I just don't understand otherwise where this guy is coming from. <laughs> <laughs> that's so weird. Now that you mentioned that, I'm like, Phew, that would be a, that'd be an interesting twist. So She's Tyler Durdent herself. <laughs> okay. I think it's time to rate and review this. What is everyone thinking for a score? I'm going to give it a little notch up from uh, what I gave the first movie. I'll, I'll give it a 7 to 7.5 because um, it's uh, <laughs> it's the ballsiness to go for this weird rockabilly with musical interludes. Um, but they toned down the kill like, like they didn't tone down the kills but they toned down the amount of them there's only seven kills in this movie yeah um yeah. it's almost half like uh, a little over half of what was in the last movie so it's like okay that was a weird choice to make but um i mean without nightmare on elm street this movie doesn't exist mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. and that's very obvious um it's kind of a movie that is just kind of like raised up on the shoulders of other better movies mm -hmm. um and that's hard not to notice uh but yeah it's just it's a fun ride as 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 stupid as it is in, in many instances it's just it's a lot of fun mm -hmm. true yeah what do you think of yeah. the score taylor uh i think i'm gonna give it the same as the first one i think i'm gonna stick with a seven for this one Okay. Um, it was just, yeah, it was ridiculous. This is kind of one of those movies that you can watch when you're like really stoned or really drunk and just <laughs> like, you're just along for the ride kind of, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I honestly, the, this, both of these summer party movies are probably going to be eventual rewatches for me. Like they're just good for sitting around with a bunch of friends and just like, let's just watch something ridiculous like slumber party massacre. <laughs> totally. And it's like it's not like you have to use much brain power for these movies, if any brain power. <laughs> yeah. You just yeah. turn them on, get stoned, have a good time. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm gonna give this slightly higher than the first movie. The first one I gave like a seven. I'm giving this one an eight. Uh, I I just think this movie is having a great old time, and I I'm along for the fun ride. I think uh, yeah, there there's a few hiccup story wise and doesn't make any sense why you would change up the driller killer and how that they don't explain it whatsoever um but i think atonis Elledge, to me like he is the driller killer like as much as um the first movie's driller killer is like the original i i don't know i'd, I'd love to see more more rockabilly driller killer so who knows maybe in the future driller killer he might be able to come back because he's supernatural whereas the first guy was yeah, yeah. super dead super died at the end of that movie at least we can uh, uh, kind of infer that yeah so uh, yeah eight out of ten i i've rewatched this movie a couple times and it's it's just a fun time um mm -hmm. but yeah it's, it's definitely not uh, <laughs> i mean it's like nowhere close to highbrow at all in fact it's probably even below lowbrow in some regards i don't know it's... yeah oh yeah <laughs> i forgot one of my favorite kills was that dove in the first like couple shots in the movie <laughs> that she comes across on the sidewalk that looks like it's got a little like bullet wound or something in it it's just yeah. kind of like 
It looks like someone shot a dove and put it down on the sidewalk and she just comes across it. It was so random, but so funny. But I'm also wondering too, because there's like the point where, um, there's like a point too where there's like a cake with a hand on it. And I'm like, what? Oh yeah. (laughs) Just all her hallucinations about severed hands. (laughs) Yeah. Because of the first uh, ending of the first movie. Ooh, that's probably it. Yeah. The hand is coming back to get her. It should have yeah. been the hand the whole time. Oh, yeah. that would have been so great. Just, just the hand it. operating a drill. And I... then it does a whole rockabilly song. <laughs> I know okay. Joke have actually saved some of those songs onto my like playlist to listen to later. <laughs> like... <laughs> some of them are pretty pretty good music uh, little beats there. Maybe not the best out there, but you know, I'm like, okay. Rock out to uh, the driller killer. And then, yeah, whatever you do, don't ever watch the third movie. I mean, say what you will about the quality of the, the first two movies, but the third is just, uh, it's bad. So, but yeah. Uh, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram at the Steve Dead. Uh, you can also, I believe, I'm under that uh, username on Letterboxd as well, which I'm trying to keep updated. Uh, my website is stevestebbing.ca, and um, I'm also on The Shift with Shane Hewitt every Thursday at 11 p.m. Pacific. Nice. Taylor, where can people find you on the internet? I'm on social media, Twitter, and Instagram. I go by either Circeanic or Techronomicon. I have a blog where I post, so like if I do projects or things like that, which is circeanic.home.blog. And I think that's pretty much it. Nice. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm sorry. I don't. I. I haven't caught up on my letterbox at all. I know I'll have like <laughs> one. I'll have one day where I feel really motivated, and I'll probably just go through everything and just update everything in like one chunk. But today is not that day. So sorry. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you from my own personal experience, it's it's exhausting. Like I mm-hmm. updated my letterbox, and I was like cool, I'm going to, like, make a list and all this. And I had to do it over, like, three days, and afterwards I felt like I'm like, I'm like this is, like, a full-time job. This is annoying. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, cool. Uh, speaking of Letterbox film, or uh, Fatal Koala on their film critic card on Twitter, and then, yeah, threeingernerds.com. Yeah, I think... I'm trying to... Th- oh, by the time this is up... You'll be very close to a commentary for Escape from New York, so go check that out. Ooh. Yeah. Good old times. And uh, let's see. What is the the next movie we're doing now? I'm kind of curious. Okay. Let's see. We've got, ooh, maybe uh, often hated horror movie sequels. We've got Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and The Fly 2. No shit. (laughs) So that should be an interesting pairing. All right. Well, until next time, everybody. Bye for now.